Alright, grab your Bibles this morning. Open them up to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. I like the Psalms. I think they're um, real practical to our everyday living. There's a lot of human emotion in it and a human interaction with God. There's a lot of prayers in Psalms, a lot of prayers of help. (laughs) Help, Lord. There's a lot of praises in Psalms for thank you for the help and thank you for the deliverance that you've given us. Psalms 119 is a pretty interesting chapter, though. If you ever need to pick me up in your, in your Christian walk, in your Christian life, read Psalms 119. Psalms 119, the center of your Bible, I, I think it's the heart of the Bible. It's the heart of the, of the Bible because uh, it's 176 verses, like I said, the longest chapter. But every verse makes reference to the Word of God, 176 verses calls it His law, calls it His testimony, calls it His statutes, calls it His precepts, calls it His commandments, calls it Thy Word, calls it all these different things in each one of those verses. But right in the middle there, I want just to look at one verse this morning, actually closer to the end, Psalm 165. Psalm 119, verse 165. The Bible says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. The title of this morning's message is Unoffendable. Unoffendable. He says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. You know, it's nice to have peace, isn't it? Isn't it nice to have peace? Wouldn't it be wonderful to have great peace? He said great peace? <laughs> As if there's uh, different levels of peace. He said great peace have they which love thy law. Isn't it good to be at peace with folks? Be at peace with people? Isn't it good to have peace uh, with yourself? Isn't it great to be at peace with God? You ever heard someone say that? I made peace with God. You know, you know the best way to have, make peace with God is receive Jesus Christ's payment for our sins and be justified, forgiven, cleansed, made clean. Salvation is the way to make peace with God. And that is the first step to great peace. I mean, when you've made peace with God, that makes way for, for great, great peace. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7 it says, And the peace of God, which passes understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Think about that. He said, in the peace of God that passes understanding. In other words, uh, other folks in human understanding might not be able to understand our peace. The peace of God. When we have the peace of God in our heart, that might pass our understanding. In other words, you may be in, in, in a predicament or a circumstance that would say, that person should have no peace. His life or her life looks like it's in turmoil, that there's a lot of stuff going wrong, but yet they still have a peace in their heart and in their mind. He said that that peace would be able to keep our mind. If we have 
uh, a troubled mind from time to time, uh, we need to seek that peace of God. The peace of God can bring bring calm, can bring uh, uh, clarity to the mind. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15, the Bible says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called into one body, and be ye thankful. He tells us to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. In other words, let's say it this way. If in our walk with Christ and in our Christian fellowship there with the Lord, we lose the peace. We lose our peace. We lose our joy. We lose that uh, fellowship with Christ, that uh, contentment. That doesn't mean that, like I said, that doesn't mean that everything's going right all around you. It could still be going wrong and have peace. But if you lose the peace, stop what you're doing and get back to Christ. Seek Him. Seek that peace. Seek that fellowship. Most important. You know what I I think is a danger with some uh, uh, Christians? Is we feel like we have to put a face on of joy and peace. And we don't feel it. We're just going through the motions. And trying to look spiritual. Or trying to look the part. But deep down inside we're missing the peace. And you know what happens? We become critical and mean and cold and hard. It's the opposite, opposite of what is the result of a walk with Christ and fellowship with Christ. It's really the opposite of the fruits of the Spirit. The results of walking after the Spirit. Proverbs says this in Proverbs 3, verse 1 to 3. It says, My son, forget not my law. Make it a reference to the Scripture. But let your heart keep thy commandments. Another reference to the Scripture. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add unto thee. You know what the Lord's saying here? Hey, if you know the Scripture, if you know the Word of God, if you keep it, it's going to add long life. It's going to add peace to you. In other words, uh, peace is healthy. Would you agree with that? That when you're at peace in your heart and in your mind, that boy, that's good for your body. That's good for you physically. What's the opposite? Anxiety, stress, worry. We all know that that's not healthy, right? That's what the scripture is saying. Hey, this can bring add peace and long life, and it's good for us. For who? For those that love the word of God. For those that love the truth, basically, is what he's saying here. Those that love what God's telling us. Have we ever come across, maybe in your own thinking or other folks thinking, that God's a God up there just making arbitrary laws for his own benefit and his own good. Thou shalt not do this. Thou shalt not do that for my good. That's not what, that's not what the Scripture's for. The Scripture's so that we don't hurt ourselves. The Scripture's so that we don't self-distract. The Lord knows what's best and He, he puts a lot of warnings out there. When, he, when God says, Thou shalt not do something, if you look at it, if you do it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to harm you. It's going to hurt you long term. It's going to hurt society and it's going to hurt us. God does it for our own good. When he was giving, when he was given the commandments in Deuteronomy, he said that. He said in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 24, he told them, the nation of Israel, and the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good always. You know why God gives us the truth? Why God gives us the Don't do this. Don't do that. Same reason we do our children. 
is for our for their good. He, in other words, when we see the the things that the Lord's telling us, the truth, the commandments, when we begin to see the laws of God, just like the laws of gravity, just like the laws of nature, when we adhere to them, it's for our own good. He does it for us. Sometimes when when we rebel against those things, we're doing it because we think. We, we, don't, we don't understand the why. We don't understand why we, we, the Lord tells us these things. But when we understand, He's doing it for our own good. You know what? You know what peace is? Peace is freedom. To have that freedom. You know what the Lord wants for us? He wants us to be free from bondage. Would you agree with that? That He wants us to be set free. The truth, the Bible says. The truth will set you free. The truth will bring peace. That's what he said. Great peace have they which love thy law. Isaiah 48, 22 and Isaiah 57, 21 are the exact same verses. I think there's some importance when it says it twice. They say this, There is no peace, saith the Lord, to the wicked. You know, the evil and the... and You know, there's just no peace without God. There's no peace without a, a fear of God and a love for God. No matter how, how many peace talks they have, no matter how many uh, uh, great minds come together and try and figure it out, without God, without the truth, without that, there will be no peace. There won't. You know why? Because peace comes from God. That's what they said when Christ was born. That peace on earth, goodwill toward men, right? That's what God is. That's what He wants for us. This evil destroys peace. Sin destroys peace. I mean, I'm telling you right now that this sin, if we live in it and we allow it in our life, those things that are harmful to us, it'll downright make us crazy. It will. It'll, it'll just, just worry us to death. Well, make us a uh, mind just, just nuts. That's why the Lord gives us, wants us to have this peace. He says this in John 17, 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The word of God being truth. And the word of God is the way that we're going to be sanctified. Or in other words, the, word, the way that we're going to be set apart for Christ and His service and His use. Hey, you say, what's the best way for me to fulfill my purpose in life? Know the truth? Know what the truth is? So that you major on what needs majored on. <laughs> if we don't know the truth, we're kind of, kind of going at it blind, going at it without any uh, direction. He says that this peace is going to come through love, and it's going to come through truth. You know, confidence in, in what we love, confidence in the truth. And, and we understand that our love is, gonna, is what's going to bring the peace. In Mark chapter 12 and verse 38, it says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Hey, if you love that law, if you love that commandment, and you're in love with God, there's just something about the rest of this world has a hard time bothering us. When you're in fellowship with Him and love with Him and we realize how much He loves us, it's really hard to be offended so easily by all the things that are going on. Psalms 1. You guys know these verses. Psalms 1 verse 1 and 2 says, 
Blessed is the man. We all want to be blessed, don't we? We all want a blessing in our life. Blessed is the man that walked not in the counsel of the ungodly. We don't listen to the ungodly's uh, philosophies. This world's uh, philosophy. He says, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, the blessed man, the blessed person's delight, is in the law of the Lord. The blessed is in the truth. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. Hey, love, love is a fruit of the Spirit. It's a result of the Spirit, right? It's the first of the fruits of the Spirit. Peace is also a result of the Spirit, walking after the Spirit, fellowshipping with Christ, abiding with Christ. Peace is too. Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're talking about love bringing peace. Loving the right things, bringing peace. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We have a chapter here on charity. You know what charity is? It's love in action. John chapter 3 and verse 16, the Bible says, For God so loved the world. What if He had just said that and stopped there? It really wouldn't have done us any good if He just loved us. But the verse goes on. For God so loved the world that He gave. That's action. That He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's love in action. Charity. He says in verse, you know what, you know what will happen? The fruits of the Spirit, you know, we talk about the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. But you know what those things will do if we have them deep down in our heart? That, they'll start to come out. I mean, you've got love in your heart. It's going to cause you to do some things. It's going to cause you to treat some people different. Would you not agree with that? If you truly love people, have a love in your heart. He says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Charity suffereth long it is, and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. It is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. You know what love is? What love will cause in our hearts and in our lives? It'll cause us not to be envious of other people. You know, a lot of a lot of we're talking about not being offended. You know why a lot of us get offended is because of envy. It's because of envy. We want what somebody else has. We're envious of it. That's the bottom line. If we just be honest with ourselves and truthful, they offend us because we wish we had what they had. He says, uh, "Vaughn is not itself." You know what charity isn't. You know what love isn't? It's not vain. It's not all about us. And boy, don't we know that? Don't we know that when we get the focus off of us for a little bit, we can actually have some fun? We can actually enjoy life a little bit when it's not all about us? But when it's all about us, aren't we just wanting everybody to make us happy and fulfill all our desires? And we're just so vain. We expect everyone to to perform for us. He says, uh, not puffed up, not puffed up, not proud, not 
not thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought. Isn't that why we get offended so many times? You know why we get offended many times? It's because people don't treat us like we think we deserve to be treated. He says, uh, doesn't seek their own. Charity doesn't seek their own. That's a tough one right there. Isn't it? Isn't it just our nature to seek our own first? I mean, just to make sure that our needs and our desires and our hopes and our dreams are fulfilled before we begin to think about everyone else. That's, that's our nature. You know what it would take for us to not worry about ourselves as much as we worry about other people? That would take something supernatural going out of our heart. That's not natural. That would take the results of the fruit of the Spirit. That would take some real love to begin to put other people before ourselves. Wouldn't you agree with that? Because by nature, when we're born as little children, you can see it with, 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 if you got little kids, it is a survival first mentality, me first. And if there's anything left over that I don't want, maybe you could have some. <laughs> That's the mentality that we're born with. That we're born with. But this is the point why I read the whole thing. That's all just a bonus there. Not easily provoked. Love, charity, those that have it in our hearts. He says not easily provoked. That's a different way of saying uh, nothing shall offend them. It says the same thing. Not easily provoked. Boy, that short fuse. Just, just, and, then he, and then he tells us how you're not easily provoked. Look at verse 66. Same, same solution to what we read in Psalms 119. He says this, Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth. Great peace have they which love the law. The law is the truth, reference to the scripture. And then he says here, the way that we're not easily provoked is when we rejoice in the truth. Or we like the truth. There's something about knowing what the truth is that just kind of lets our guard down. Confidence in what we know is right. That we don't have to argue and fight about every other position. There's something about knowing the truth and loving it and being confident in it. It doesn't mean not being easily provoked, not being offended does not mean it. And I, I don't buy into this Christianity where you never get angry or you never get upset or... You know, you never change, you're just, you're just, you know, mediocre your whole life. No, Christ got angry with evil. Christ got angry with injustice. And God, the Bible says, is angry with the wicked every day. But we know now what is important. And boy, to, be, to not be so short-fused and have, have our, our, uh, our pride bruised so easy, our, our, uh, be offended so quickly comes as a result of the Spirit and our relationships. You know, God has put, for all of us that are believers, I believe that your circle of influence, the people that you're around, the folks that you're around, uh, you're called to minister to, right? And so how much would it help if you're uh, not so easily provoked, so easily offended? We all know people. Listen to me, we all know people that you have to be careful what you say around them because there's a good chance they could take it the wrong way. Have you ever seen that? I mean, when you get around them, you have to kind of walk on eggshells because you're like, well, if I say the wrong thing, I'm going to offend them. You know, don't be that person. 
Don't be that person. It's so much easier. It's so much more comfortable to be around someone who give you a little slack and give you the benefit of the doubt and kind of understand you. And, you know, if you say something wrong or you weren't real clear on how you said it, they might, you know, say, is that what you meant? But I'm not offended. I'm not going to hold that against us. Hold that against you. If we, are, if we are those folks that are easily offended, man, go find peace. Find peace with God. If you're constantly getting offended by what other folks say or do, stop what we're doing and go and seek God and say, I want to build up some resilience here to, to what the outside world's saying and have such a strong fellowship with God and know the truth for myself that what, what they're saying, what they're doing, it's not going to affect me that much. It's not going to alter my course. Boy, some folks, they just are ready to pop. I mean, if you don't believe me, don't let someone in in front of you or something at 5, 5.30 on, uh, you know, on the way home from work. You'll see folks go through, they'll go nuts in their car. I mean, they'll just blow a gasket. You've seen it. I've seen it. Why are they just ready to go? I've probably been that person many a times. But being confident, being confident in the truth, being confident in the truth and in the God that we serve and know what it is. Knowing who you are in Christ, not who you are in your, yourself, but who you are in Christ, the value that God's put on you. Dolly Parton, she said this. She said, I'm not offended by all the dumb blonde jokes because I know I'm not dumb and I also know that I'm not a blonde. <laughs> know who you are in Christ and the things that folks say about you won't affect you, won't won't, uh, won't cause us to just ruin our whole day, right? Affect our outcome. I want to ask the church, Wellspring, if we could commit to being a church that's not easily offended. I mean, just in our hearts. You know, with each other and our own dealings and conversations that we don't, we're not ready to make see, we're not listening for them to say the wrong thing. We're not making sure that they agree with us on every area or they do things just like we do. Is that all right? Can we give each other a little bit of slack on that? You know, personally, I don't want to offend anyone. Personally, I'm not trying to offend anyone. But stand up here and talk very long, I'm going to say something. I'm not going to be super clear on a point. It could be taken the wrong way. But if we could just give each other some slack and be easily and not easily offended. If I don't agree with it, don't care. I don't agree with that. Doesn't matter. Doesn't change my life, right? I know what the truth is. I know the direction the Lord has for me. I don't have to get bent out of shape about it, right? You agree with that? What if if we had that mentality at home? If we had that mentality at home, to just not be so easily offended, so quick to take something the wrong way, so quick to hold each other right to the, you said this, and this is what you meant, and then, you know, just kind of not be so easily offended. How about at work? Those offenses, not easily provoked. You know what, you know what would help is just some peace. So knowing what the truth is, knowing what the purpose is, knowing what the big picture is, and some, somehow letting the rest of it just roll off our back. Wouldn't that be nice? Be a little bit of rest. Peace. As I said, it's easy to be around someone who is just comfortable with who they are. Comfortable with who they are in Christ. You know why? Because they're not just so ready to 
you know, jump on you for something you missaid or said wrong or did wrong. We want to be more like that. Not easily offended. Here's the other side of it. We also don't want to be offensive. We don't want to be offensive. Just because we know the truth or just because, you know, at, at times Christians, some Christians have been accused of being offensive. And you know why they've been accused of being offensive? Because they've been offensive. There is a way of saying things that we could just try and be, do it with a little bit of grace, isn't there? A little bit of kindness, a little bit of peace. There is a way of saying things that when you're at peace with yourself, you're at peace with the truth, and you're at peace with God, that you can say it in a way that's not so offensive, right? We don't have to offend. Now, you speak the truth very long, there will be some that are offended. You can't help that. But you can do the best you can, right? To not be offensive. You don't have to add insult to injury. Sometimes the way we say it can, can cause, you know, can cause some of that uh, 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 offensiveness. We've all been around some folks that have so much anger and turmoil in their, inside of them that, man, they can't talk without daggers coming out. They have absolutely no peace. They're constantly cutting other people down, constantly being offensive with their words, constantly. We don't want to be that person, right? And we can be at times. We had hard days, hard weeks. Boy, we can be quick to be cutting, especially the folks we love the most, those daggers at them, right? And pointing out one of the wrong. But boy, wouldn't it be better if we recognized that soon and went and just got with God and been specific with Him in prayer and say, Lord, I ain't got no peace. So obviously the words that come out of my mouth are not going to be all that much of edifying, not all that helpful to those that are I'm around. Lord, help me. And then go say, Lord, what is the truth in my situation? What is the truth in my circumstance? Am I getting bent out of shape over something that doesn't even matter a year from now or a week from now? Or is this something I really do need to worry about? God, I need to put in your hands and trust in you to take care of it. Just go and be be quick to get back to a, a peace, a peace with God, a rest in Him. These are evidences of that fruit in our life. Boy, you know, some folks, some folks will say that they, they love God and they're, they're a follower of Christ, but then they're so offensive with their words and they're so ready to argue and fight that they miss the, the kind of the bigger picture of why would other folks want to have a relationship with Christ if we ourselves are at peace. Those that are proclaiming Christ. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6 says this, Let your speech, talking to believers, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. I always think of when he says seasoned with salt. Uh, think about, have your, have your words as you speak them, have other people uh, help that to make them thirsty for the water of life. In other words, when you walk away from someone that you had such a, a manner about you, and so, such a piece of joy, and, I, and again, I'm not talking about a false facade. So many times we can do that too. We can, we can be around other Christians and we know that we're supposed to smile, we're supposed to be happy, and really we have no peace and no joy. Just be real. Let's be sincere. But at the same time, hey, go back and find that peace. So that when we do uh, interact with someone that doesn't know Christ, that when, when we're done with them, they say, wow, I'd like to know more about Christ. 
I'd like to know more about the faith that they have in Christ, that seasoned with salt to make them thirsty for the water of life. He says, so that you may know how you answer every man. You know, even when folks talk bad about us, even when folks are, are talking uh, to us in a way we don't appreciate, when we're at peace with God and we're at peace with ourselves, it's hard to get offended. And what a, what a good testimony that is to someone that doesn't know Christ. That maybe they talk to us in a way or they treat us in a way and we can still show them love. We can still be at peace and it doesn't ruin our day uh, by the way that they treated us. Well, that's a testimony of Christ, isn't it? That's a t- testimony of His, His goodness and His grace in us. To offend is to make anger, to pain, to ignore, to annoy. <laughs> There's a lot of folks that could do this to us if we let them. To violate, to dis- uh, uh, disturb, to hinder. It's amazing that how many folks really just would like to hinder you from what you're doing. You tell them what you're up to and they just would like to hinder you. And they have really no reason to do that. I don't know why that is, but that's a, you know, you could get offensive. You could be offended by it, but why? To cause the sin. When folks uh, will use their words to cause someone else to sin, that's to offend. In closing, let's be a people that are easily offended. Let's also be some folks, Christians, that don't easily offend others. That we're not offensive. And how do we do that? How do we do that? By masking our pain, by masking the anger, by bottling it up inside and just knowing it's not very Christian to blow up, you know, on someone. So we just let it, so finally we just, no, that's not it. It's taking that and going to the source, going to the root of it, and finding the truth, loving the truth, loving our relationship with Christ. Peace comes from within. It's in the heart. So if there's no peace in the heart, stop doing any other sort of religious or Christian activities and get to the root of it in the fellowship with Christ. Get your peace back. I believe that our enemy, and we have an enemy in our walk with Christ. I do believe it. You know what I believe that that he will try to do to us? He'll try and steal your joy and your peace. Because without it, you kind of you have no strength. Wasn't it uh, Nehemiah that said the joy of the Lord is our strength? That's true. If we lose that, we lose any power in our Christian walk and our fellowship with Christ. Find out what God says about us, what God says about the truth, and this will help us be at, be at peace. This week, if your heart's in turmoil, you get offended, you, get, you feel that an urge to be offensive. <laughs> but go and seek the Word of God. Go seek His truth. Take it, be specific. I, I hope that we could do this. Just be honest and specific with the Lord in prayer. Tell Him exactly what we're feeling, exactly what we're going through, and just ask Him, is this right? I believe he'll answer that prayer. Is this right or is this wrong? Lord, do I need to change? And if I, if I do, Lord, show me how. 
I believe He'll answer that prayer, don't you? He'll, find, he'll allow us. He will allow us to find our peace. A peace that passes understanding. A peace that, that uh, this world can't understand without Christ, without a relationship with Him.